Hey everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And today we're gonna to be talking about vaccine passports, yay or nay. It's uh, one of those topics that I consider to be derivative. It's not fundamental, you know, this comes up uh, with guns as well. People, they wanna see guns as a fundamental right. I see it, I see speech and property as your fundamental rights. They are your fundaments of, of existence qua human being. Now, when it comes to travel, uh, self-protection in an emergency situation, you certainly have rights that are relevant, but I see them as derivative. So we're going to try our best to explore the topic. Uh, some people are going to like maybe some of our conclusions. Some people won't. I have a feeling that my co-host and I will not entirely agree on this topic, but let's find out. Please uh, super chat us if it's working today. And um, uh, if it doesn't, even better, consider becoming an Ayn Rand Center UK member. You get exclusive content, exclusive study groups with some very uh, smart and educated philosophers slash philosophy buffs. It's a very, it's a very, it's, it's a good environment for you. You look at what's happening in the world out there. So many young people being drawn to all types of cringy subcultures. You want to make some wise decisions now with your time. So uh, please consider joining our ranks as an Ayn Rand Center UK member. Link in the chat room posted by Ayn Rand Center UK. Now, please welcome the man, the Greek myth. That's what we call him, the Greek myth. Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Thank you very much, Raka. So when we talk about vaccine passports, first let's clarify what we mean. So there have been different types of proposals and different types of systems set in place. One system is the system that we see in China where you have to download an app and based on some data that you are not 100% sure where they come from, so it's basically algorithms, the government gives you a red, an orange, or a green pass. And based on this pass, you can walk around and you can do things in life like shop in supermarkets and stuff. So the New York Times ran an article relatively recently about that. And they said that it's very worrying that, that the code that is used, you don't know, does it go to the police? Does it, does it refer to other activities rather than just what is your health status and how does it define your health status? So that's the one thing. The other thing is what we saw in Israel, which has to do with vaccine passports that are literally what they mean. So you get the paper that says I've been vaccinated and you can join football games or go to concerts or things like that. So, and this has been celebrated as a step to return to normality. Now, why do we, particularly me and you care? Because it has been discussed also in the US and in the UK. And there was a lot of reaction in the UK because it touched a sacred cow of this country, which is pubs. So there was a discussion, will you need a vaccine passport to enter a pub? And there was a lot of pushback. And when the prime minister announced some new measures about opening up, he didn't include them. But he did not preclude it also. So there's a possibility that vaccine passports, so-called vaccine passports, are going to introduce at a later time to do things. And the vaccine passports can take three Forms. The one form is literally, again, a, a paper that says I've been vaccinated. The second is a negative COVID test, which is quite recent. And the third option is a positive COVID test from some time ago, which basically says I've had the disease. Now I have antibodies. Now, 
I will throw this on the paper and we can run with that. I wouldn't be opposed to vaccine passports based on a business making a decision. And again, we already had someone on Twitter saying, oh, I will predict that you will say it's okay if big business do it. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Here's why. Let's say you, as a business owner, you, let's say you have a barbershop and you target people who are, let's say, of some particular, you're a more traditional barbershop and you target people who you expect are a bit more risk averse. Makes total sense to say, look, in my barbershop, I want you to show me the fact that you've been vaccinated because this is going to create an environment which is going to be more relaxed for my usual customers. The other barber on the other side says, no, I don't care about that. Or I've, had the, I've already had COVID or the vaccine. I don't care about that. So see how something which would be such a simple issue and we shouldn't be fighting about that. Suddenly it becomes a central political arena topic just because the government decides to make this a black or white issue. You either, either, it's either gonna be the law or not. So that's my initial take on vaccine passports. There are many caveats. There are many potential problems. We'll discuss them in a while, but till then, what's your first take? Yeah, there's a lot of potential problems. Uh, probably the main problem is uh, getting people to relax and think critically and calmly. Think about the fact that we live in a modern world where we do need to deal with one another and technology can definitely help us. But if we're afraid of technology, then obviously that's going to be difficult. Now I understand people's concern. Just like when people talk about the surveillance state being brought about, I understand their concerns as well. But um, the whole, the object is, I think, to keep technology away from government and to keep government confined to its proper jobs. So, um, I mean, I'm bringing this up as a, a, analogous, right? So with, they say, oh, like Facebook, it's spying on us every minute and the government is going to use that to, uh, to, to spy on us one day. I agree they will, but, that, but that's only because you're pushing them to get more involved in, in big tech and to basically nationalize it ultimately and, and then have that technology to police us. So similarly here, in the vast majority of cases here, we are dealing with private individuals, dealing with one another, a barbershop, a mall, uh, whatever it is, a pub, that, that absolutely should be left to the market. Uh, I understand some people will boycott a pub if they require a vaccine um, or a um, any sort of passport. I, I understand some people, but on the flip side, a lot of people will boycott either explicitly or uh, implicitly with their actions if they don't, if they do or they don't, whatever it is, people are going to take issue with it regardless, but leave it up to private people to make those decisions. Now, when it comes to travel, now, this is kind of where it's it's more than just the market that needs to decide that there is a, a function of government to protect uh, people from knowingly bringing infectious diseases or for my sake, I guess, rec recklessly bringing uh, uh, infectious diseases across the border. And uh, it gets a little bit more delicate to deal with as well over there. Although I think if the market is doing its job, then such a threat becomes much less scary and in many cases, the market would sort of be there at the border, basically selling the immigrant or the uh, visitor a cheeseburger and testing them in the process. Like there's, there's uh, your, let your imagination fly with how easily uh, problems like this could be solved in a laissez-faire society. So 
Um, I don't know. I've I've literally solved nothing here today, but I've helped uh, put it put into words, I guess, what it is that I would like to see. So the other day in a, in that workshop that we discussed with Greg Salmieri about where the world is, has been going for the last 40 years, one of the participants said something which, okay, it's not original, but for the first time made me realize something. He said, make no mistake, every regulation and every, actually every bad law brings more bad laws. So we had so many bad laws throughout the beginning of the pandemic that now we find ourselves in this dilemma. They're so tempting to say, look, traveling now means I have to pay, let's say, 300 pounds in three different tests, quarantine for days, uh, poke things in my nose. It's, it's not fun. What if I can just show that I have this and now I can travel freely? And I don't care if it's going to become the new norm. I don't care if it's going to, then it's going to expand in other things. I just want this to get over. I want to get over with this situation. So there was a good article on Spike the other day that says, don't think that you should say, okay, this is a one-time thing and I'm already so tired. Think that you cannot correct a mistake with even more mistakes. So, when it comes to travel, because it's already so bad, I would say that, yes, the vaccine password would definitely make sense. So if I can just show this and get in an airplane, that's definitely, that's definitely an improvement. The question here is this one. Is this unprincipled to support? So if this is unprincipled for me to say, look, generally I'm against vaccine passports being obligatory, but because the situation is already so bad, I will sigh with relief when vaccine passports are introduced to travel to another country because it means that I, at least we get rid of the previous uh, of the previous uh, stuff or some people who miss the pub so much they say if it's uh, if it means that I'm going to go back to the pub uh, yes uh, take my soul are you waiting for me to respond I'm waiting for you to solve this existential question that uh, so is this an issue is it a compromise to say, yes, let's get beyond this situation that we're experiencing now, whatever the cost? Or is it to say, no, it's, you, don't, you don't correct a mistake with another mistake? I mean, you don't correct a mistake with another mistake, but um, I mean, uh, I, uh, what do you think? How about that? Why don't you answer the question and then I'll see if I agree with you. How about so, that? Again, my answer would be that it would make totally sense for me if, for example, British Airways says you're going to get rid of the test that you have to do and you will have peace of mind when you travel, but we need the, 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 the vaccine uh, passport thing. That would make sense. But if it becomes a necessity that you need this to travel, and let's say I haven't got the vaccine, but I have to travel. And again, travel becomes this thing where the default is not that you have a right to something. The default is that you're not allowed something unless you jump through hoops. So that's my biggest fear. I don't want to find myself in a situation where to do very normal things like travel or go to a pub when it's open or whatever. You have to... So your citizenship, as an article on Spike wrote the other day, now becomes a bit conditional. There's this different categories of citizens. 
And I know you don't want to bring, uh, you don't want me to bring the East German card or the Cuba card. I would say only one thing that one of the characteristics in unfree societies is that things that you consider normal, such as traveling within the country, requires a permit. And this is something that soon becomes uh, almost unquestionable, becomes self-evident. Now, again, I don't think it will happen here, but I've seen so many things that I've said, I don't think it will happen, that I'm a bit cautious. So, summarize. No problem with vaccine passports if it's voluntary. Yes, it's cliche, but guess what? It's true. Not happy if they are mandated by the states. My prediction, though, is they're not going to be. Already, I think we've seen in the U.S. that there's not going to be a federal mandate for the vaccine passports. There has been pushback in the U.K. I wish there was pushback for more issues because, again, it's not that these politicians are these principled. No, they go by focus group. They go by what's going to have the lower cost. So when you do pushback, probably they're going to change their minds. And centrally planned vaccine passports, not a good idea. I think it's worth the pushback. I look, I mean, uh, remember when Occupy Wall Street was going on back uh, back in the day? You probably thought they were fringe right wingers at the time. Well, ironically, <laughs> many of them have become just that, interestingly enough. I think they've split off into Antifa on one side and whatever we see on the other on the other end. But I digress. Uh, I remember uh, Adam Carolla. He's a popular comedian podcaster. He sort of looked at what was going on with Occupy Wall Street. And he said, you could give all these people calculators and tell them go work at Wall Street. And, and they, they wouldn't know how to do it any differently. Like they wouldn't be able to work in finance in a way that that would be seen as morally acceptable. So they're, like their, their beef with Wall Street is foggy and they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, similarly here, like how would how am I how would I solve this problem, right? If I were responsible, and this came up with social media. I mean, this comes up with social media. You know, they ban Trump. Oh, there it goes. Rest in peace, uh, the marketplace of ideas and all of that, right? No more free speech, which is a position I understand. I, I also understand that if I'm running a a very influential big company and there's a very very loud uh, influential person that is Trump on that. Uh, on that platform who is whose words are inspiring action from his deranged fanatics, I might consider banning him. So again, you could get mad at me, not, not you, Nikos, but people can get upset at me for entertaining that point of view. But again, we're not the ones making these decisions. So similarly, um, if the government's job is to ultimately protect us from having our rights violated, and I think arguably that includes uh, protecting us from getting infected by somebody who is not being responsible with their own um, infectious disease, they need to make some very tough decisions. So all, all I can really say is it's a tough one. I'm glad it, I'm not the one making that decision. And I would like to get to a point where the market solves 99% of the problems that ail us. Yeah. Uh, would it be though that two years in the pandemic, it's not end with all this knowledge that we have, which is much more advanced at this point on how the virus transmits, we have the vaccines. Unfortunately, we haven't got the choice what vaccine to get, when to get it, uh, how much we are willing to pay for it. I, we don't have this choice. But you could say that at this point of the pandemic, it's not anymore the job of the government to quote protect you because you can protect yourself by staying home or we know a lot of things, so it's not anymore there. So, But again, 
the government has created such a mess with them a vaccine with all the delays. And yes, it was a record in time in terms of how fast it came, but still, even today, remember we did this episode, I don't remember, did I do it with you, the one on the precautionary principle and the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine. Again, today there's this discussion, should it be administered to the under 30s? Maybe not. So just give the data to people, say, look, your risk is this. This is what our research says, you take your decision. So we've reached the point where the infantilization of the population has reached such a point that even when we know the data, and it's not nuclear physics to say, look, you have an X percent risk of a blood clot, let's say one in 300,000. It's not nuclear physics for them you to take this decision. But again, the government has created such a mess in playing such a role in our lives. People have become so accustomed to it. And now the idea that different venues, different businesses, different areas are going to have different rules, suddenly it's unimaginable. So meta point, and we're gonna, I'm gonna finish with that. If you ask me, what has been the worst hangover, intellectual hangover from the pandemic? I would say it's this idea of the citizen being a spectator and asking the government, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Am I allowed to go to work? No, sorry, not, not am I allowed. Shall I open my shop? Shall the university be open? Shall the school be open? Shall this thing, shall I send, or even worse, the parent, shall I send my kid to school? Well, how about you making this individual judgment? Only you know the situation. No one knows the situation as good as you do. And I know, unfortunately, you can find yourself being in trouble if you don't, or if you, but these should be decisions that you should have the first and the final say. No one knows yourself as well as you do. Maybe I would want to take the flight with the vaccine password because I am a hypochondriac. Or maybe I don't care. Uh, I, have, uh, I have antibodies. I, I couldn't care less about vaccine passport. We are not in this together. That's my message. Unfortunately, the message has been, we've been in this, to, we, we're all in this together, which sounds nice. But turns out we're not in this together because my values and my situation in life is not the same. For example, I have to travel often. You don't have to travel often. Why should we be on the same boat based on our lives having different values and different circumstances? We shouldn't be on the same boat. And this is a good thing. It's a good thing that we're not in this together. It doesn't mean that I want other people to get sick or they don't have my solidarity or I'm not going to help them if I, if I can. But this is something completely different to the one size fits all. We're all in this together. Look, uh, we're opposed to the lockdowns, obviously, or it should be obvious, right? So uh, in the first place, the government never should have told everybody to stay home and there's a curfew. So no, I don't want them to now say you may leave the house and go where you want if you have this passport. I've, I've really mostly been focusing on uh, crossing the border, going from one country to another. That's, that's kind of where my mind has been this episode. Um, so I guess the question is, uh, if the government says, okay, no more lockdowns, but get this passport, would that be good? I'd say no. Um, that's my answer. But again, that was my question. Yeah, that okay. was my question. Now yeah. I see yeah. what you're saying. Because yeah, it's like it went, is, it just, is that type of thing going to just go away after this pandemic? Or will that become now the new accepted norm? And also, yeah, like the, the lockdown was wrong in the first place. So uh, who, who, should, who is the government to now say get vaccinated uh, and get a passport to show it? Um, so we're, we're opposed to forced vaccinations, obviously. 
Um, I mean, I, it's a very difficult thing for me to answer. I mean, uh, you know, most, a lot of the things we discuss on the show are very uh, advanced. And um, I'm just, I think uh, us exploring these topics is the show. We're not here to provide answers. Although, you know, people in the chat, people in the comment section, they treat us like we are uh, self-appointed authorities. So people uh, repeatedly asking in the chat room, oh, it's the government's job to make sure we don't get sick. No, but there is such a thing as an infectious disease being um, brought into a, an area by somebody who carries it. Then if the government is able to identify that fact, to put that person in quarantine. I mean, take this up with Ayn Rand if you think this is some crazy fascist idea we're bouncing around. That was, in my understanding, Ayn Rand's perspective on how to deal with infectious diseases. That doesn't mean the government... Uh, enters all of our homes and tests us. It just means if there is a known disease, I think it means if there's a known disease and someone is known to have it, the government's job in that situation might be to quarantine the person and keep them from spreading it further. Please uh, don't take what I'm saying out of context, folks. Um, but again, this, this is really, really nuanced because what infectious disease, how infectious, what's the threshold? So we cannot answer these questions on the abstract but based on whatever we know about this disease i think that at this stage the government has no there is no such thing as that if i go out and uh, i cross the path with you, you you're intervening with my rights unless you know you it's clearly that you are sick or something like that we've been all these months in this uh, disease you can make now the decision how much you're going to expose to yourself you might choose not to you might choose to do so. But again, how nice it would be if these issues were up to us and how simpler things would be. Why is this a, why is this a culture war thing, the vaccine power? It shouldn't be. It should be just a discussion. Are we going to the pub today? Yeah, let's go to that one. It has vaccine passports. We're both vaccinated. Or, oh, I haven't got mine. Let's go to the other one. That should be the end of it. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, like we have the vaccine now. So people who believe, who believe the you know believe the scientology whatever what's the word scientician what, what did they, they came up with this new word for people who worship science scientism uh, people, i think yeah so i'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek but people who trust the corporate government needle poke uh, in uh, you know vaccine people who trust it can get it people who don't don't people who do get vaccinated have arguably nothing to worry about or or a very small margin of of percentage of of, of worry left and uh so yeah absolutely once the vaccine is out certainly there's no reason for any lockdown whatsoever but but what do we see we see uh the governor of um what's that uh freak show i live in oh california what is he saying now we are planning on opening up in june with masks excuse me for for christ's sake we have the vaccine and you're still uh telling me to wear a mask and it, this is ridiculous so yeah i mean if there was any um confusion thus far I think uh, now that I've had a chance to really think about the topic, yeah, once we've got a vaccine and people who want it are free to access it, there's no reason for the government to tell you that you need a passport to enter, uh, you know, any place outside your home. That is pretty. And, and that's, that's the one last thing for people to understand something very important. We're talking about the situation in the UK where almost everyone above 50 who wants it has the vaccine. And they're thinking to introduce this at the stage where almost every adult is going to have it. So at that point, if you haven't had the vaccine, basically it's your problem. And also if I had the vaccine, I'm not in real 
danger based on what we know. The, 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 the risk that I'm exposed to is much, much, much smaller. So it makes even less sense to introduce the vaccine passports then, rather than now when uh, it's like in other countries, a, a small percentage of the population. Anyway, again, how come we spend 27 minutes discussing this before that we're saying, has this got enough stuff to go for? And yet you say that you say that before every episode. I, you say I don't know if we'll be able to fill twenty minutes. I always say we're gonna go overtime and still not get everything off our chest. So even in this situation where it's a topic I clearly don't want to give my opinion on, it still turns into me uh, giving plenty of thoughts on because uh, we are thoughtful people. We are not stagnant, uh, complacent lowlifes like some other people out there. I'm. I'm I'm, uh, I'm making it look like I'm alluding to anyone in particular, but I'm just uh, I'm just being a little bit silly. Now, speaking of uh, places you do not need a vaccine passport, that's a Razi <laughs> style um, segue right there. Speaking no, that's of places, your style of segue. Don't under understand. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe he got it from me. Who knows? Um, speaking of places you do not need a vaccine passport to enter, we're jumping over to Clubhouse. Uh, please, again, remember, uh, we would love for you to join the Ayn Rand Center UK as a member. You help us grow this thing and maybe someday get to a world where the government minds its own effing business. I can swear on this show because we don't even have a super chat working. Be back here tomorrow and jump over to Clubhouse right now. Thank you, Nikos, and goodbye.